like popping off. Amber, what are you drinking today? You didn't, ca- you didn't count me down. I was lost. I was- you usually do the countdown. You've been recording. <laughs> I know, because the stories were already good, so I didn't want to miss it. Okay, them. here we go. In three, two, one. Amber, what are you drinking today? Keystone. Well, that's your old standby. I know. I need to go to the liquors. <laughs> that's okay. You like the Keystone, so that's what you should drink. I can afford it. <laughs> what, are, what are you drinking, Amanda? Well, I was going to drink a natural light seltzer, but I'm hanging out with my mom, so she came through with a margarita. So I am drinking a strawberry lime margarita. It sounds good. Kind it's, of. I don't know. It's delicious. I guess the lime with the tequila and then, yeah, because I can drink a strawberry margarita. You put the lime in the strawberry and the strawberry in the tequila and boom, margarita. You got to shake it up in there somewhere. Yeah. Oh, I did miss the shaking up. I did. Welcome to this episode of Veterans Drinking Vodka. We believe that every veteran has a story to tell, and we are here to tell them. We have found that being a service member is easy, but being a veteran can be very hard. In this episode, we are talking to Justin Kerner. He served in the United States Marine Corps from 2004 to 2013 as an 03-11 infantry. So does the, the Marine Corps has numbers like the Army does then, huh? No, not like the Army. We're, we're, we're better than the Army. <laughs> we, so the Army we, has numbers like the Marine Corps. The, yeah. the Army has numbers like the Marine Corps. Yeah. We have what is considered an MOS, Military Occupation Specialty, which mine is 0311 in, Infantryman. So I'm a basic infantryman, pretty much. Okay. That's like an 11. What was that in the Army? 11 Bravo? 11 Bravo is basic yeah. Yes. Okay. But you're, you're way more of a badass than an 11 Bravo. I'm going to go with, yeah. That's <laughs> what we're bred to say. I've got a lot of army infantry friends, so. We've, yeah, we've talked to quite a few army infantry on this podcast. Yeah. That's been really cool. We just recently got a full education on what all the numbers in the army were. We can't keep up. Yeah, I, I couldn't give you a full education. I can give you a full education on the infantry numbers in the Marine Corps, but (laughs) well, it's just good to know that they have them and we'll learn them eventually. Yeah. So how are you doing today, Justin? And what are you drinking? Uh, I'm doing pretty well tonight. Being a recovering alcoholic, I'm drinking a virgin cranberry and vodka. Oh, that sounds delicious. It is. It's a cold cranberry juice. I was going to ask if you put ice in it. Uh, no, 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 just cold. So it's straight. It's not on the rocks. No, straight. All right. Does it bother you that we're drinking? Because we can switch. No, not at all. Okay. Okay. So I'm not dry by any means. I just try to stay as sober as possible. Well, that's a great plan. But like, you know, you go to the golf course and you have to get a little, little toasted. Yeah. True story. Why go golfing? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Why go golfing if you can't drink and drive a golf cart around? I mean, that's the military slash veteran way right there. A yeah. beer hole. Exactly. We used to pick a designated driver just for the golf cart. Wait, did you say a beer trouble. in a bowl? A beer in a bowl. Or that too. Now that I- <laughs> <laughs> That's what I heard. I heard a beer in a bowl and I was like, well, yeah, that also works. <laughs> yeah, whatever your flavor. Carry on. I love that you're drinking a virgin cranberry vodka though. That makes my heart happy. Well, veterans drink vodka. I, I- yeah. 
And you're the only one drinking vodka. <laughs> straight line and been like, I'm drinking cranberry and vodka, and you no, never. No, we don't want to do that. <laughs> we don't to yeah, it's a virgin cranberry vodka. It is straight, not on the rocks. Not on the rocks. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, Justin, can you tell us a little bit about where you're from and how your journey started? Yeah. So I grew up in Las Vegas, Nevada. I was there from about two years old until I was 17. And I got into some trouble with drugs and the selling of said drugs. So my family picked up and moved us to Idaho. And I ended up graduating from a little town called Fruitland, Idaho. Tried my hand at college. It didn't work out so well. And was working dead-end jobs, drinking way too much. And I stumbled into the recruiting office. And there was nobody in the Navy. There was nobody in the Air Force office. There was nobody in the Army office. And I didn't even see a Coast Guard office. So I walked by the Marine Corps recruiting office and there was a Staff Sergeant Sterner. I walked in and was chatting with him. And, you know, he gave me the whole, we'll get you whatever you want. Just come on in, go tell your parents. And I was like, cool, give me a day. Came back the next day and uh, I was like, I want to be a combat photographer. And he's like, and he thumbed through his little book and I'm like, all right, cool. And he's like, well, we don't have any openings for that for like a year. And I was like, no, I need to get out of here like as soon as I can. Like if I don't, I'm going to die by my own hand or I'm going to die in a ditch somewhere. So he's like, well, we can, uh, we can put you in an, as an 8152, which is a basic security guard. And I was like, oh, I don't know what that is. And he's like, oh, it's like the SWAT team. And I was like, all right, that's cool. Sign me up. Let's do that. So I sat there and I I signed all the papers. And and mind you, I had not told my family at all. So I signed everything and went went back and was like, hey, guess what, guys? I joined the Marine Corps. I leave in January. They were fucking pissed. Like, holy shit, my mom. I don't think my mom talked to me for like six months. So I shipped, I shipped off to boot camp and found out that I excelled in the military. That was, I was, I was good at it. And yeah, that's pretty much how I, how I got to where I, to where I joined. So what happened to being SWAT team? Oh shit. Okay. So <laughs> come to find out there are, there are SWAT teams. I know you can, you can see me doing the air symbols, but for, for the viewer, I'm, I'm it's air, the air quotes right now. Air quoting. Quote, Marine SWAT team. So once you finish up boot camp, they ship you to Norfolk, Virginia for basic security guard school. And you spend about a month and a half in the middle of this cornfield in in Norfolk, Virginia, learning how to pretty much be a fucking security guard. Not like a cool security guard, but like a security guard. And then from there, you get get your choice as a place to go. Like you can go guard Bangor, Maine. You can go guard DC, or Manama, Bahrain. Or you can be on these teams that go out and guard boats and stuff. And those are the SWAT teams, which. I mean, I've guarded a boat before. That's not very exciting. Right. No, it's not. I so lie. <laughs> <laughs> so at the end of that training, I ended up going to Manama, Bahrain, and I spent a year in Bahrain. Oh, did you ever have brunch at the Marriott in Bahrain? That's my funny story. Oh, my so, bad. Yeah. <laughs> So I, take, I take it you've been to Bahrain. I have, yeah, a couple of times. <laughs> so you've been to the Desert Dome? Yep. You hung out? Yep. What years were you there? 
I was there in 2005 and six. Oh, I missed you. Just oh. Yeah, we we came in on the boat, so we were yeah. on the Tarawa. So we we came in and took over for a little bit, but no, so I, I was there from oh the 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 latter part of '04 to the latter part of '05, and actually, you may have been there when I was there. Oh, maybe I we were there for Christmas. Actually, Christmas '05, we were in Bahrain. Nope, I was in Iraq in Christmas of '05. So oh, okay. Nope. Close though, we probably yeah. like passing ships in the night. Probably, I could tell you some stories about Bahrain. Though. Oh yes, I, I have I have been to brunch at the at the thing. Sheridan. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that place is bomb. Yeah. Like their food is the, good. The, the champagne brunch, right? That one. So talking what? about the same brunch, right? Maybe. The champagne brunch. Yeah, yeah. that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's where my that's where my fun story comes into play. Yes. I'm excited about this story. But yeah, that's so, so the whole security forces thing. Oh, let's back up. Let, let, let's, let's add a little. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to sidetrack you. I didn't know that my question was going to um, be your so, story. <laughs> so going through, no, that's awesome. Cause you'll understand it. <laughs> so going through, going through boot camp, thinking that I was going to be this badass Marines security force SWAT team guy. The drill instructors pull us all up and they're like, all right, anyone that came in under the 8152 MOS front and center. So we, we all run up there. There's like three of us. And they're like, that is a B billet. You guys are 0311. You're infantrymen. And everybody's faces was like, what the fuck? Yo, they didn't tell us that. <laughs> so come to find out like halfway through boot camp, I'm an infantry guy too. And that like, oh, I'm no. not gonna lie. That's shit because that's not what I wanted to do. Yeah. They're keeping secrets. Right. Yeah. Cause that never happens. No, the military never does never kind of soften the truth a little bit. Ever, 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 ever. Hey, cheers to the military always telling us the truth. Right, cheers. <laughs> cheers. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, that that pretty much sums up the whole SWAT team. And I wasn't even part of. I didn't even make it on one of those teams. I ended oh up, man! I guarded Bahrain for a year. Did four days on, two days off. Did you have a good time when you were in Bahrain? When you weren't on duty oh yeah no even when even when i was on duty it was it was a blast Bahrain was fun like you go you could go out and get custom-made suits handmade shoes you made a whole load of money for doing nothing yeah (laughs) pretty cool we went there twice it was was, i think we went did we go there twice i feel like we went there twice i don't really remember we definitely were there for christmas though there's parts of my deployment that i don't really remember due to extracurricular activities oh yeah just on deployment in general so there's parts of deployment that are kind of fuzzy true truth i'll I'll, i i believe that so yeah i I feel like we went there twice but i'm not sure no (laughs) we maybe only went there once i don't know we went to dubai too we were in jabali we spent a lot of time in the middle east we go there twice i don't know but we absolutely no we did go there twice we went there twice because the second time we went, we had the cab driver's number from the first time we went. And that was awesome because we had, it was like having a personal driver. Like we would go shopping and we had his phone number and he would let us, you know, leap of faith. We would put our like shopping in his trunk and then he just picked us up from wherever we needed to go. Like he was always available to us. So that was really cool. You weren't nervous at all. I would have been nervous about my stuff. I mean, I was making deployment money, so I didn't really care. We didn't buy anything. Yeah, but all the like, stuff that you bought. I mean, it, it wasn't like. From the gold suit or anything, it was like a T-shirt from the mall. So and, and and Bahrain deployment money was legit. Oh yeah, yeah. I was like, well, whatever. 
but it, we didn't want to have to take it into the bar with us. So he was like, well, you can just keep it in my trunk and then you don't have to go back to the boat. And then I'll just come pick you up and take you back to the desert dome when you're done with everything, you know, like he just kept picking us up and taking us. So we wouldn't have to like carry our stuff with us, which was really cool. And he turned out to be legit and he didn't steal our stuff. So rock on cab driver in Bahrain that was there both times we went. And then we had his number the second time we went. And so we just called him when we got there and he was like, all right, I'm on my way to pick you up. And then all of our shipmates were really mad because we didn't have to like wait in line for the, the cab queue. He just came and picked us up. So that was kind of badass. So Justin, where were you stationed and did you have a favorite place that you went to? So I, my, my first duty station was Manama Bahrain for a year. Good place to start. Right. Totally not your typical Marine Corps duty station. So it was a very nice place to start. From there, I went to uh, 3rd Battalion, 2nd Marines in Camp Lejeune, North Carolina. Such a beautiful spot. I used to live in Wilmington. Yeah, so you know. And I used to go to Topsail. When I went to the beach, I went to Topsail. Yeah, so I lived there for four years, did all of my deployments with 3rd Battalion, 2nd Marines. And then when I came back, I did a stint as a marksmanship instructor and a marksmanship trainer over at Cherry Point, or not, sorry, not Cherry Point, Stone Bay, the rifle range over there. And I did that for about a year. And then from there, I moved out to Cali to 2nd Battalion, 4th Marines. And so that was in 2010 when I moved out there. And from there, I got a, a surgery and it went wrong and I, I wasn't allowed to deploy with 2-4. So 2-4 sent me to 29 Palms as a coyote. And I finished out my career as a, as a coyote in 29 Palms training infantry guys that were getting ready to deploy. What a shithole of a place to end your career. 29 Palms? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that is the opinion across the board. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yep. no. You find me one person that likes 29 Palms and, and I will gladly buy that man a beer or woman a beer because I don't think you can. That a place beer sucks. and a ride to the Psych Institute. No shit. <laughs> yeah, I haven't heard anyone say anything good about 29 Stumps. In the middle of the goddamn desert. Like, there's yeah. nothing. There's nothing out there. It takes you almost two hours to get to civilization. Did you? Were any of those your favorite that you went to? Bahrain. Bahrain. Bahrain yeah, Bahrain would have had to be my favorite deployment-wise. CONUS, I would have to say 2nd Battalion, 4th Marines, because I was no shit six miles from Trestles, so I would run every morning to the beach, and I would surf, and then I would run back. Oh, you were so one of those, like, athletic Marines. Right outside of San, yeah, right outside of San Clemente. It was just, it was gorgeous. Yeah, the whole West Coast down there is beautiful. So you said you served in Cherry Point as well, correct? No, no, Stone Bay. Oh, okay. the right range, right out. So it, Cherry Point is the air base. The, right. Yeah, the air base. Yeah, I, I've so flown. Served, out there. Okay, so you've served on the East Coast and the West Coast. That's correct. So, in your opinion, which coast would be the best coast? West Coast. Boom! Cheers to West Coast is the best coast. Yes. All the way. He didn't even yeah. hesitate on that. He yeah. was like 100% conviction. I love that. Yeah. It's our great. favorite question to ask. Yeah, we do. We, we've we been taking a poll on which one, West Coast. I think we've only had one person that said East Coast was better. 
No, it's, it's always West Coast is better. Yeah. That's because they never were on the West Coast. Mm-mm. Right? Yeah. It was our Virginia only. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm the Hollywood yeah. Marine. Full on Hollywood Marine. <laughs> we we love ourselves a Hollywood Marine. They they're the funnest. No, we don't. They ruined my my life when I was in San Diego. Really? And I would hang oh, out I with bet, them. I bet they did. <laughs> and by life, I do not mean like question next question <laughs> amber's, amber's got stories she's not ready to tell it's been, yeah, it's been, I'm, okay so what what service did you serve in amber i was in the navy okay and i used to go visit my friends at camp pendleton hold on air quote friends at camp pendleton all the all the time quote unquote friends <laughs> <laughs> I was young. I was young. I had no children and I was not anywhere near anyone that mattered to me or their opinion, even though I cared about opinions. I had fun. <laughs> That's all that matters. About Hollywood Marines. But I'm trying to figure out how you, I got lessons I'm trying to figure out how fun and life ruined go together. Think about it. No, I get that. I get that part of it. It goes together. <laughs> but you know. You only live one life. No regrets. Like I, I know some of my friends that were Marines in in in, in the Camp Pendleton. Some of my buddies down there, if if because we all seem to be about the same age, roughly. Some of my buddies from from Camp Pendleton probably got your name on their bedposts. Oh my God! I'm this sorry. Is- there there was no rules in those notes that you sent me. There, there, was- <laughs> there are no rules. No, there's no rules. It's. it's I wish uh, I could remember some of their names. Right, she would call them out. You know Are you that? sure? What if I remember them? I probably so have their contact info. I know. We'd call them up right now and be like, "Hey, what are you okay, doing? you're about to be on a podcast. I hope you don't care." Right. Glad you answered the phone. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Could you like, a, where are they now? <laughs> right. Where are they now? Are they now? <laughs> Those Hollywood Marines. I didn't think I'd ever see you again. Well, bitch, here I am. <laughs> we we know your people. <laughs> I know. Never mind. <laughs> All right, Dustin. Can you can you tell us that Sheridan story now? Oh, you want to hear the Sheridan story? Yeah, now you got it psyched up for it, and I've been so, there, uh, so I'm ready. All right, so so the way it works with the Marines is uh, we got we did four days on duty and two days off duty. So the two days off duty, we were, we were given pretty much free run. We could do whatever we want except go into Syria. They told us if you go into Syria, you're going to die, and your parents will never see you again, and all that kind of happy shit. Which I look back now, and they probably weren't lying. Probably not. So, That's probably a so good me call. And and they always wanted you to go out as at least a fire team. They wanted you to take at least four people just in case shit went down. So, I mean, Michael me Jackson lived in Bahrain, so it can only be but so dangerous. So me and three of my buddies, we, we, we went out and ended up at the Sheridan for the, the champagne brunch. And, you know, we were champagning more than we were brunching. Of course. Like there must have been like a dignitary meeting or some high class bougie bullshit going on because there was like limousines lined up outside of the Sheridan. And so we walk out, we're pretty fuckered up, like really fuckered up. And in my infinite corporalness, I was like, anybody want to take one of these limousines for a drive? Oh my God. And my buddies are like, fuck yeah, let's do it. And I'm like, all right, cool. So there happened to be one running. Like they left the fucker on. So I walked up and in true, like 
fucking 20, I think I was 24, maybe 24. I, I popped the handle and I was like, fuck, it's unlocked. Oh my God. I was like, okay, let's get in. And they're like, are you sure? I'm like, I'm a corporal. We're good. <laughs> Cause that's, that, you know, that seemed like really good logic at the time. I was also. Fucking Absolutely. Hey, cheers to being a corporal. Cheers to being a corporal. <laughs> cheers to not still being a corporal at the end of the story. <laughs> Definitely cheers to that. Right. So we, we hop in. And when I say limousine, I'm not talking about like the ones that we used when we went to high school proms and shit, like those ghetto ass Chrysler ones. This was like an old school Rolls Royce fucking, it was nice. And they left it on with the doors unlocked. Right, stupid idiots. Probably expecting that no, or suspecting that no one's going to fuck with our shit. Don't be suspicious. No, we were <laughs> suspicious. No shit. So we get in and, and, and I'm like, they're like, what are we going to do? I'm like, let's just take it around the block. <laughs> like, cause how many times are you going to be able to tell your kids that you got to ride and by ride, I mean, stole a Rolls Royce limousine <laughs> in the Middle East, in the Middle East, mind you. <laughs> so as we drive down, as we, as we start to drive, the middle partition rolls down. <laughs> <laughs> and all three of us at the same time look back and here's this little like 13 14 year old saudi princess just screaming at us and i didn't recognize what she was saying and my buddies are like uh what are we gonna do i'm like we're still gonna take this shit around the block <laughs> right where we found it and we're gonna walk away and act like nothing happened so that's what we did <laughs> park that shit right where it was I left it running. It was all the same. I even, I'd watch so many shows. I wiped that shit off. I was like, <laughs> and we get out and walk away. We make it back to base and uh, we make it to the evening formation. And they're like, okay, everybody's dismissed. And I'm like slinking off like, holy shit, we got away with this shit. And then I hear Corporal Kerner, you need to come to my office. And I'm like, motherfucker. Oh. <sighs> So I walk into the colonel's office and uh, I'm popped to attention and I'm like, oh, I'm fucking dead. I'm dying right now. Here we go. And he's like, uh, you can stand at ease. So I loosened up a little bit and he's like, so uh, what happened today? And I looked at him and I was like, sir, can I speak freely? Because I feel like if I can't speak freely, you're not going to get the full like, you know, weight of this story I'm about to tell you. And he goes, yeah, you can speak freely. So I was like, okay, here's what happened. And I was like, we were really, really drunk and I thought it would be a good idea to steal the limousine. And I'm figuring, cause you're asking me this, you already know what happened. I said, I promise it was not done intentionally. We did not know that there was a princess or whoever she was in the back of that car. And he's like, okay, shut the fuck. I was like, oh God, in my head, I'm like, oh fuck. Like, here we go. I'm about to go. I'm about to be less than a private, which is, I don't know what, but, and he's like. Back to boot. You're going yeah. back to boot. You're going to be back to boot camp. Fuck this. <laughs> and he, go, he goes, you know what? I, 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 I appreciate your honesty. He's like, yeah, we did know exactly what happened. We watched it on the cameras. Wait a minute. There was cameras. <laughs> and he's like, he's, you can tell he's trying not to laugh at me. Like he's <laughs> so, like, stoic Marine Corps Colonel. Like, and I'm like, and he's like, and then he finally, he's like, just, just go, just, just go. <laughs> I was like, yes, sir. And I fucking about faced the fuck out of that shit, went to my room and hid for like the next two fucking days. 
<laughs> but I, 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 I didn't get in trouble. I didn't lose any rank. I kept all my money. Did one of the fuck. The Marines like, have the best stories. That's my. That's my. That's my champagne brunch at the Sheridan story that I will legitimately tell anybody and everybody who ever wants to hear it because it's funny as fuck. Mine is not that exciting, but I still love the Sheridan. Yeah. Oh, no, it was awesome. <laughs> like their food there was so good. Or yeah, maybe awesome. it was because I was underway for so long and then we went there, but. Yeah, um, that's probably what it was because it really wasn't that great. No. Yeah. Um, I also did crash a very, very, very expensive sports car into a mosque in Bahrain, too. Ooh, all your good stuff. I don't think you could drive. I don't think you should go near vehicles in Bahrain. <laughs> well, Whether they they're stolen they or off, not. They should not let you rent any kind of car known to man with no ID. They're like, hey, what's your name and how old are you? And I'm like, seriously? James Smith and I'm 24, why? Okay. They take cash, literally, it was all cash or dinar or whatever the hell it was. Yeah. It was dinar, it was a weird D name. So we rented this, I think, it, what was it? It was an Audi of some sort, <laughs> really nice, really nice car. Something you shouldn't have had. Same four Marines, ringleader. Right, because you have to go out in fours. Of course, you're the ringleader. And you're the corporal. I was the corporal. I was always the smart one-ish. So (laughs) so we go to, um, oh, hell, what was it called? It was one of the the resorts that had the swim-up bars. Oh. I didn't go to one of those in Bahrain. I went to one in. I don't remember the names I drank a lot while I was in Bahrain. That's standard, standard protocol. Right? And yeah, that's one of the reasons I'm a recovering alcoholic currently because I drank a lot when I was in the Marine Corps, like a lot. So we, we were there all day and it was like $4 buckets of Corona. And it's not like the $4 buckets of Corona that we get here where they're like, they put four Coronas in there. No, it was like a 24 rack of Corona for $4. <laughs> that was cheap to drink over there. Shit, right? No wonder we were all alcoholics. It was easy and, and not. Like and, oh, yeah. I never went there. There's a reason I never went there. Probably. Right. So, tell you uh, some Bahrain stories. We, we drank all day and then they were like, well, who's going to drive us home? And I was like, I will. In the Audi. In the Audi. So we drifted around this corner, going way too fast through the wall and into the exterior wall of the mosque. And again, we just kind of got out and wiped it down and wandered off. <laughs> Needless to say, we didn't get caught for that one because there was no cameras. There was no, no cameras. Cheers to Cheers no cameras. No cameras outside the mosque. I probably would not have been a corporal after that one. <laughs> oh, Bahrain and all of its glorious secrets. Right. Bahrain is legit. I, lo- I love that place. I had a lot of fun in Bahrain. We did a lot yeah, of crazy so stuff. Those are, those are those are two of my my funnier stories. That's awesome. So eventually, though, Justin, you do have to get out of the service and you have to leave everything you've known behind of the Marine Corps after you've been conditioned to be a Marine. How mm-hmm. was your transition from the Marine Corps to veteran life? Uh, you, you want the honest answer, right? I, yeah, I absolutely want the honest answer. It sucked a big bag of glittery dicks. I mean, at least it was glittery. Right. The thing about the Marine Corps is, is, is they don't, they don't teach you how to be a civilian. They, they, they actually like the classes that they make you go through right before you get out are, are a fucking joke. Yes. Thank you. 
they are they're a fucking joke. Yep. Absolutely. Oh. Every single person we've ever ever talked to, that's I think one person has been like, yay, taps. Yeah, no, taps can go fuck itself right in the ass with a fucking cactus. Yep. Preferably I, a saguaro. Because the good ones. Yeah, I know about those saguaros. I'm in Arizona. Yeah. So like I didn't even I didn't even want to get out. I got out because my kids' mom decided she wanted to, you know, take off and take the kids back to Idaho where she was from. And it was either, you know, get out and and fight for my kids or stay in and lose custody and only get to see them, you know, whenever she would let me, which would have been never. So I chose to get out. I got out honorably and uh left the only thing that I was good at in my entire life and moved back to Idaho where I never wanted to go back to into a home that I didn't want to be in to a wife that hated me. And it was rough. I like, I got back. Well, hell this this should have been the first red flag right here. I drove 16 hours straight from Camp Pendleton, California to pay at Idaho showed up and couldn't even get into my own house because she wouldn't wake up to let me in. So the first night as a civilian, I slept in my car in my own driveway because I had never been there before. So I didn't have keys. I didn't have a garage door opener. I will say my kids were happy to see me when they woke up the next morning. So I, I got, I got a piece of shit job working graveyard at a gas station and I sucked it up and started college and tried, tried to, you know, better myself. Um, that was in 2013. I, we ended up getting divorced in 2000 and like, so that was November of 2013. We were divorced by February of 2014. So I've been a, a single, well, I was a single dad. I consider myself a by myself dad right now because I have a significant other. We just don't live in the same house. So I've pretty much been doing all of the adulting and dadding by myself since about February of 2014. I got remarried for two years in 2017. I've tried to commit suicide three times. The first time was right before I got divorced. I had hit rock bottom and I was sitting on the floor with a 45 in my mouth. And my, my oldest daughter now, who was roughly about five, I believe, came out of her bedroom and sat in my lap and just put her head on my shoulder. And I set the gun down, broke down into tears and called the VA. And this was like two in the morning. And I, I told him, I said, if I don't get help, I'm not going to be here for much longer. And I said, the only reason I'm on the phone with you guys right now is because my daughter is sitting in my lap. If it wasn't for her, I would not have made this phone call. And that was December of 2013. And I've been in and out of therapy, quit drinking, quit smoking, quit dipping, and just completely try since then I've completely trying to turn my life around for no other purpose, but my kids. And it's been rough. It's, there's not a whole lot of work around here where I'm at. Um, I don't have a lot of life skills. Like I know how to kill people. That's what I know how to do. All of those, the shit that they say that they teach you like, hell yeah, I'm a good leader. I can work independently, but who the fuck wants to work with a infantry marine i'm an asshole like we're taught to get shit done don't ask questions do what you're fucking told and and be there last time i checked the civilian world they don't work like that it's like show up when you want get done what you get done and bitch about it the entire time 
So it, it was like six months here, a job, six months there, a job. Like I finally finished my degree. I, I have a bachelor's degree in multidisciplinary studies, which is like, I'm like three tests away from being a legitimate licensed teacher, but I don't want to teach because fuck parents. Simple as that. I love working. I actually, so, so I, I, I've struggled, struggled, struggled. I, I have, so, so TikTok, let's bring TikTok into this shit right now. So I got on, I got on, I got on TikTok in April because my life was fucking falling apart. And I started out using it to monitor my, my now 14 year old daughter and what she was doing on her account. And then I started to make these daily doses of inspiration and no shit. All I did was I set my phone in my window seal and I stared at myself and I said shit that I needed to hear to get me through that day. And it fucking caught fire. People liked hearing it. So I've, I made and have made a daily dose of inspiration since April, every fucking day until today. I stopped today. I said, I'm, I'm done. I, I need a break. It, it takes a lot out of you to try to be, that fucking positive all the time. But the thing is about TikTok is I've met a lot of amazing ass people. I never would have heard of you guys if it wasn't for TikTok. I met Doc and I, 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 help, I, I guess I helped him. Um, I know for a fact I have saved a few other people on TikTok from committing suicide. They've, they've told me. I've helped raise money for people that I don't even know. I, I met my girlfriend on TikTok and drove six hours to see her and we hit it off and we've been driving back and forth for the last almost four months. And she was here last weekend and met my kids and I met her kids two weeks before that. And then me and my kids are going up there for Thanksgiving next week. And she is the reason I actually, I actually just started a new job a couple weeks ago and I, I'm an intervention specialist. I work with kids with behavioral disabilities and it's perfect for me. And it, it's just, like for the first time in fucking 15 years, my life is actually going halfway decent. But the thing is, is I still struggle with those demons. I still, I still have that darkness that I fight with every day to a therapist when I need it. Um, easy to put your emotions into a one minute video and then hit send and just let it go. And hell, you never know what that one minute video, it might help somebody. It's been a struggle and it still is a struggle. I, 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 feel like I, I have 14, 11 and nine year old. So for them, I, I gave up on my master's program and worked those dead end jobs so I could be off in time to make it to their sporting events or I could coach their sports. And it's the things like that, that, that people don't see. They think, oh, you're a veteran. You have all these, these things and you're given all this stuff. No, the fuck we're not. We're, we're really not. So I try, I try to do as much as I can for these veteran organizations, especially around here. Like I'm currently being vetted to be a mission 22 ambassador. And I work closely with the mission 43 guys here in Idaho. And I found that it, the busier I keep myself, the less likely I am to spiral into the dark and twisties. I'm not sure if that answered any of your questions. Cause I felt like I just went off into a ramble. It did. And there are so, there's so many veterans that feel exactly that same way and they're going through the same things, but they think they're going through them alone and they're not, they're absolutely not. I've struggled and continue to struggle with my dark and twisties every day. And it's, 
it's taken me on a unique path that I was not prepared for. Like starting this podcast is probably one of the best things I've ever done because it's helping me, me personally so much with some of my own demons, as well as helping some of the veterans that we're able to talk to and share their stories with their demons. And that's super important as well. And it, it happens and we all fight the demons and the dark places. And we had so much fun in the service, but we saw so much non fun things as well. And that's something that we're all trying to cope with now. Yeah. And they don't teach, they don't teach you how to cope with it. They do not. Like, like I've, t- like, like I've told my girlfriend, like I carried human heads in my backpack. Like I carried body parts for my, like, you don't learn how to deal with that. That's not a thing someone can teach you. Like, oh, hey, here's no. a course how to fix your shit after seeing bodies, after seeing your buddies blown into pink dust. Yeah. Like, you, you either just fucking live with it and, and become okay, or you join them in Valhalla by your own hand. And the yeah. shitty thing is, is we lose, we lose too many of our brothers and sisters to that dark and twisty all because they don't think that there is anybody that'll listen. Absolutely. I've lost 12, 12 of my closest friends because they wouldn't pick up a phone or they picked up the phone and called the wrong person. And we've got like, as a veteran community and as a community in general, we, we, we have to be better. Like everybody preaches this Iggy six. Like if you're going to preach it, fucking be there. Answer Do the it. phone. This person yes. calls. doesn't matter what time it is. It doesn't matter. Pick, pick the fucking phone up and say, what's up, brother? What's going on, sis? What do you need? I'm here. And I, I live by that. And my phone is always on. That like my, my little circle of veterans that I've got, they know that if they shoot me a text or, send, or, or call me, I will respond no matter where I'm at or what I'm doing. My, my girlfriend, my significant other, she understands that no matter what, if I get one of those phone calls, no matter where we're at or what we're doing, I'm taking it. And she's okay with it. And she supports it, which makes it really easy for me to do that. Absolutely. And there's, we do, we need to be better as a community and we need to, to be the support for others that are going through the same things that we're going through because without each other, we, we don't have anyone. And, but, and, and that's right. We, we don't because nobody else is going to understand what we've been through. Not at all. And hell, like you, you two won't necessarily understand what I've been through. No, never. I've told you the tame stories. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't tell you the fun, like the stories where I almost died or the stories where I had my head slammed into a Humvee window and mock Jesus. Like there's those are the ones I really don't like talking about. Exactly. But exactly. Those are the stories that I would gladly share to somebody that needs to hear them to understand that they're not alone. And I do. And I have. And Doc said it in his podcast, pick up the phone, reach out because there are people that will help. And it, I can't stress it enough. Just pick up the phone, like call the V, call the VA, call the crisis hotline, call, call your local dispatcher, like ask for help. Yeah. If you call your dispatcher and say, Hey, I'm feeling like I'm going to commit suicide right now. They're going to send a patrol car to your house to check on you. It's not about pride anymore. Like we took the uniform off. We don't have to be prideful. Trust me. I've got, I'm staring at it. Don't tread on me flag. I have a, 
American flag, the Iraqi flag, and the goddamn Marine Corps flag hanging in the hallway right off to the over my shoulder. I'm looking at my Marine Corps covers hanging off my fireplace. I have pride in my service and pride in the country and pride in the Marine Corps, but I'm no longer prideful in the fact that I won't reach out when I need it. That's been one of the hardest things for me to learn is how to how to put that behind me and when I need help to be able to ask for help. And my thing is, is I, I will never give up on my kids. If I give up on myself, that means I've given up on them. Yeah. And they don't deserve that. They don't. They're the number one reason for me to live right now is my son. Exactly. And that's, that's huge. My mom's over here like, and your mother. Right. And mom. <laughs> and mom. <laughs> oh, speaking of my parents, they don't know shit, nothing. They don't know anything about my service. They refuse to hear my stories. They refuse to hear me. That breaks but, my heart in so many pieces. But they will, they will constantly ask me why I'm not the same kid that left in 2004. And I'm like, well, to understand that, you would have to hear some of the god-awful shit I've been through. But you don't want to because you can't handle it. Yeah. And I'm like, hi, I did it in person. That's why I'm not the same kid that left. Justin, how are you doing now? Uh, like right now, currently where I'm sitting or just right now in general? Uh, both. Uh, right now, like in this moment, I'm good. Like I, uh, I will say I was nervous in the, like not in the beginning of us talking, but like in the couple of days po- prior to doing this. And then as I, as I sat down, I was like, just be yourself. Dude. Like you talk for a living. It's, it's fine. Like they'll edit out the stupid shit you say. It's fine. Maybe. So maybe, maybe not. That might I don't care. You could you could put the whole thing in. I don't. <laughs> you um, uh, Camp Pendleton shit. Thank you. No, the Camp Pendleton shit stays. <laughs> Maybe. Um, so I will say, in the last in the last three months, I've been good. A lot of a lot of positive things have happened. Like I found a job that pays really good, allows me still to be home with the kids, allows me to use my degree. I found the love of my life. Who. I thought I was going to be alone because nobody wanted to live with me or be with me because I'm batshit fucking crazy at times. And she's legitimately accepted all of it. And it's going to sound weird, but she actually calms that dark and twisty. Like she can see it coming and she, she'll like put her hand on my face and it just instantly calms me down. And I figure that's a pretty good sign that she's probably the one to keep around. So uh, I'm working really hard to keep that shit good to not spin out of control as much as I used to. I I do still reach out to people when I need to talk. It's been nice to talk about all this with you guys because shit, I needed it. I needed to to laugh a little bit about the funny shit and almost break down in tears about the other stuff because it'll, it'll help somebody. Someone will hear it and they'll understand like that. It's okay. Not to be okay. As stupid as that shit sounds, but it is okay. Not to be okay. And it is okay to reach out and it is okay to, as, as a male and as a military man, it's okay to have feelings and emotions. Like there is nothing wrong with sitting down and bawling your eyes out because that shit is real. Like I, I, I I can tell you that I cry at least three times a week. Some of the times I don't even know why, like I'll hear a song that was playing over there during something that was happening that just it hits different or I was going through old pictures just yesterday and broke down, like literally broke down. 
because it brought back all of those memories. And the thing is, is in the, in our culture today, especially in the veteran culture, you're supposed to be a badass. Like you're legitimately supposed to be this hard ass, no emotion having rock. Especially as a Marine. Yeah, exactly. Especially as a Marine. Oh, oh, hell no. You're supposed to be fucking six foot tall and bulletproof. When the thing is, is most of us feel like we're three feet tall and fucking drowning, but they don't teach us how to talk about it. They don't teach us that it's okay to be like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? And luckily I taught myself what the fuck to do. Like I, 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 I forced myself to go to therapy. I forced myself to go to therapy three times a week for nine months. And like, I actually had a therapist who said, I swear to God, if you don't fucking do what I ask you to do, I will quit seeing you. And that, at that moment right there was when I was like, holy shit, because I vibed with this therapist. She was really good. And I'd never had that before. I had never had a therapist that I felt comfortable with. And I am the type of person that I mask my pain with like humor and joking and shit. So I would, I would crack jokes. I would never be serious. And then one of our sessions, she straight up said, Sergeant Kerner, if you don't take this shit seriously, we're done. I will not talk to you and I will not see you again. And it was at that moment that I was like, fuck, okay. And I, I sat down and I did what she asked. And we worked through, in the nine months I saw her, we worked through not only the, the on the top military shit, but she dove down into shit that I didn't even realize was fucking with my life. And I unboxed things and worked through things and, and I became a better person. I, I, and I still strive every day to be better than I was yesterday. And I have these sayings written on my bathroom mirror. So I see them every day. One of them's positivity breeds positivity, because if you're fucking negative minded, you're going to bring negative into your life. And the other one is be a better you, because you can always be better than you were yesterday. Whether like in, even if it's just in the smallest thing, you can always be a better person than you were the day before. And then the other one is just smile because why, why, why not? Like, because a smile is contagious. And if you smile at somebody, they're going to end up smiling and they're going to smile at somebody and, and it just spread. It spreads it because positivity breeds positivity. It, it's like a giant circle of shit that I have been preaching to myself for the past six months to get me to where I am right now. Actually, the mere thing is like a, a real mom mirror says be amazing today. Exactly. Yeah. Because I mean, it's on my mirror. Legitimately look into that shit every day, okay. every day. And I, so I actually just told this to, to my girlfriend, her name is Eli. So I don't have to continue to say my girl. So I told Eli the other day, I said, have you ever just stopped because she struggles with self-worth issues. And I said, have you ever just stopped and forced yourself to stare at yourself in the mirror for 10 minutes? Lean on it, do whatever you have to do, but just stare at yourself in the mirror for 10 minutes and pick out the good traits in yourself. Because so many times we stand there and we look at ourselves and we pick out the bad things, the negative traits. What do other people see in us? So I actually, I challenge people, lean against the mirror, put both hands on the mirror and just lean against it. And for 10 minutes, you stare yourself in the eye and you tell yourself all the good things that you see. You can't do it in the beginning. It takes, it takes a minute because trust me, when you stare at yourself, it's, it's, it's heavy. So you work up to it. First time you do it for like 30 seconds and then you do it for a minute and then you do it for three minutes and then five minutes and then 
And trust me, by the time you hit 10 minutes, you're going to have a better view of yourself and then keep doing it. Then don't stare at yourself. Then just every morning, tell yourself one good thing about yourself and how you're going to, you know, slay the day or be amazing or be a better you or find something that fits with who you are. And I, and then I drop my kids off at school and I say, you do something nice for one person today. And they do. Cause that's what they tell me when I get them from school. Guess what we did dad? Guess what I did today? I helped a kid up off the ground or I stuck up for one of my classmates or, Hey dad, I want to go pull, I want to go pull $10 out of my savings account. Why? But so I can go give it to somebody on the road. Okay. Like, cheers to doing one nice thing for a person every day. Cheers. So Justin, if you had advice for either service members that were getting ready to become veterans or those that have been struggling to find their way for quite some time, what would that advice be? So the best advice I could give active duty service members that are getting ready to EAS and and go back out into the civilian world is do not wait until the last minute to find employment. Because no matter where you're stationed in the United States, you know where you're going to end up when you EAS. You utilize Indeed, utilize Monster, utilize all of these, these online job finding apps to put your info out there. Use the career center in your local base to help you write a resume. Because if you don't have a resume, you need a resume. If you don't feel like you have shit to put on a resume, trust me, the career center will build you a resume utilizing the stuff that you have on your military career. And trust me, your military career is usually going to look really good on paper. It and always Right? Yeah, it always does. Mine looks amazing on paper, but not anywhere else. So just utilize those things to, to make sure you have a plan because they're not going to teach you that shit in taps at all. No, they don't. <laughs> no. And then for, for, like, for the veterans that are struggling, like, like I was and still technically am, like I'm not financially stable right now. Hell no. I sh- I'm like, I got this much of my nose above water currently. I'm just super happy and I don't let anybody else see that shit. So for, for those veterans that are currently struggling, go to your local VFW. Go look up your local veteran assistance programs because they are out there and they will help you. And it's not a pride thing. It doesn't make you less prideful if you ask for help. Hell, go to the fucking local VA and say, this is what I'm struggling with. What can I do to help myself? And I'm t- you'll have like at least seven people at one time drop what they're doing and be like, okay, here's all of this that you can utilize. But we don't know that as veterans because no one tells us about it. What do we see? Oh, buy these bracelets to support 22 a day. You know why there's 22 a day? Because we don't know what to do. We don't know who's there to help. We don't know anything because we don't get taught. We're not shown. We just spent four years, eight years, 12 years, 15 years being legitimately told what to do every hour of every day. And then they're like, oh yeah, by the way, have fun. See ya. Enjoy. Here's a pretty piece of paper, which I still don't have. So fuck the money. Don't have your DD-214? No, I got my DD-214. Okay. That's just oh. me. Yeah. Whoa. I, mean, I, I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I have that shit. I have about 12 certified copies right, of mine. Yeah. Yes. Sure. I've got one in digital mode. I've got the original in paper. Yep. I've got a few yep. certified copies. Like that's the one sheet of paper you never lose in your life. Yeah. I yeah. have them everywhere. Glove box, dresser, <laughs> drug drawer. I've got it in my cowboy boot right now. Like. Right, right. Oh, you have your DD-214? Oh, hold on. Let me pull it out of my bra. Don't fuck with me. I'm a vet. Wherever yes. I am, there's one within arm's reach. Yes. And uh, now that I have a service-connected disability, my letter is right with my DD-214. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, wait, I'm hold on. There it is. I'm talking about my honorable discharge certificate. You know, the real pretty one with the calligraphy? Oh, no. I don't think I got I've one of those either. For, dude, fuck, like seven years now? Hmm. And I still haven't got mine in the mail. I don't think I, I have I one of those. Maybe that's one of those things they told you. <laughs> well, I got, I got, I got mine from the Army National Guard that I spent a grand total of like four months in before I realized that was a joke. And they <laughs> well, maybe, still, maybe that's and they, why you got one. <laughs> and they still gave me an honorable discharge certificate. <laughs> yeah, I don't have one of those. Hey, cheers to an honorable discharge certificate oh, shit, that right? doesn't exist. Or not having cheers. One. I didn't even I'm know. Glad, I'm glad I'm not I didn't know that. I didn't know that existed. I thought everybody got one. No. Hmm. I got a DD-214 and they said. They said, deuces. Good luck, yeah. bro. They handed me my DD-214. I said, bye. <laughs> you gave it was me like, this. I don't have to do shit anymore. <laughs> it was like a mutual deuces for sure. Oh, especially for you, Amanda. Yeah. I was like, see you never. But yeah, that's my, my biggest piece of advice is, is don't be afraid to reach out. And there are people that will help. Yeah, absolutely. So if our veterans or whoever is listening to this podcast and they would like to contact you, whether they have more questions or they just need someone to talk to, where can they reach you? So I'm one of those weird people that I don't have social media <laughs> at all. That's okay. But you can gladly put my phone number out. I don't care. I'll weed through the, I'll weed through the, uh, legit shit. The legit shit. Yeah. I'm good at reading people. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's probably legit people that listen to veterans drinking vodka. I highly doubt there's going to be like snowflakey people yeah, it's, in this business. It's a pretty non-politically correct podcast. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just thinking about our Zoom, our hangout from Sunday. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Listen to this whole episode. Like, this was not politically correct at all. No. No, like yeah. I love the Marine Corps, and I'm pretty sure I said fuck the Marine Corps like six times because you know it's a love hate relationship. Because that's what you do. Exactly. Yeah, they can they can reach me via email that you guys have. Um, you can put it in the show notes. Absolutely, we'll put your email um, in the show notes. I can email you guys my phone number, and you can put it in the show notes. Like this is this is how open I am if people need help. Like, okay, it's not a, oh oh hit me up on Facebook. You contact me directly and I'm going to, I'm going to help you Absolutely. in whatever way. We will put Justin's email and phone number into our show notes. So that way, if you would like to contact him for any reason, if it's not something that you're comfortable contacting Amber or myself with, and you would like to speak directly with Justin, you please feel free to reach out to him and he, he will be there for you. And that's on facts, ladies and gents. Cheers to being on facts. All right, Amber, do you want to talk a little bit about the charity we've chosen to support this episode? Sure. So we are supporting Silva Hollow Project and their mission to bring about mental health awareness and 
the fact that 22 veterans kill themselves every day. I have a 22 a day bracelet that I wear. Amanda just got hers in the mail. We ordered some shirts and stuff. They can be found online, but they are a really strong organization that we support what they're trying to bring awareness about. I got a few of their t-shirts hanging in my closet as we speak as well. They just re-released their long sleeve shirts. So I got some and I am in love because I'm a long sleeve shirt kind of person. Even when we're at the I, well, because I have really fair skin and it will crisp up in a second. I'm I'm well aware. <laughs> All right. Please reach yeah. out to Amber or I. We can be no. found on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Veterans Drinking Vodka. Or you can email us at veteransdrinkingvodka at gmail.com if you would like to contact us about anything that we've covered in this podcast. You can, if you also are interested in being a guest on our podcast, sharing your story, you can send us an email at the Veterans Drinking Vodka at Gmail that Amanda mentioned, or you can direct message us on any of the social media platforms. We currently have reached out into the realm of merchandise. So if you would like some merchandise to support Veterans Drinking Vodka, a portion of our merchandise sales will be going to the Tilva Hollow Project. And also, if you like our podcast, subscribe on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, Amazon, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Please leave us a review and let us know what you think. Those are important to us. Reviews um, are so important. We want constructive us. criticism no matter what. You can handle it. I, can I can't handle, handle it. it. I just don't want to mean people. <laughs> Uh, you can also join us every Sunday for Veterans After Hours via Zoom. We start up at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. We're hanging out, telling stories, sharing resources, and meeting new friends. Oh, my God. It's so much fun. So much fun. So much fun. Maybe I can get my mom on there one day. It's, I mean, it is. If, if our listeners are not veterans, it is open to active duty civilians that want to see what it's like when you have a bunch of veterans chilling together <laughs> and it's and it's um disclaimer it is unscripted we never know what's going to happen and, and it is just be thankful that we're all on zoom together and not collectively in a space together true story it, it is not like politically correct and we are not responsible for anything that any of our veterans say or do correct <laughs> I have to throw that disclaimer out there. But as always, and the reason why Amanda and I are doing this is to bring to light the fact that a statistic that is not okay, and although it fluctuates, 22 veterans killing themselves a day is 22 too many. One is too many. And you are never, ever alone. Veterans drinking vodka. Cheers.